0: Hey Becca. Hey Chris. How are you? <laughs> Doing good. How are you?
1: You know, it's just one of those days. It's, it's going to be great, though.
0: I know. I'm excited for you. Uh, taking a little trip. You're going to have some time off, which is always good for you. Good, good to get some downtime. I think it's been a while since you've had a little break.
1: Yeah, it has been. Uh, I am ready for it too. I, uh, I think it, it'll be good for me. Uh, I feel like we're in a really good spot. We have a lot. We've really beefed up our team. And now I feel like, I think I told you yesterday, this is the first time I feel like I can go away and I'm not going to just leave my work in other people's hands. Yes, it will be more work, but not everything isn't going to have to go to you. So (laughs) that makes me feel like I can um, actually uh, go away and and enjoy some time and um, get some much needed rest. I'm ready to come back
0: kicking and screaming. Well, I'm I'm glad we have, I mean, let's talk about this. We have some amazing new sales managers who have joined the team recently. I mean, Rebecca Frazier down in Tacoma, who's just, I mean, killer. Let's talk about her for a second. I mean, she joined us from the Mosaic group. Uh, she was DB of, of Keller Williams office down, down south in Tacoma. Uh, that's how she and I know each other. From years past i mean she's been in the business 20 years she's just got a wealth of knowledge uh under her belt and she's just a cool chick just amazing yeah. um you know so you know if you call the broker helpline and you get a rebecca yes there is another becca on the team a rebecca so don't be confused there are two of us but you're lucky to have us both uh she's amazing um, and then we've got Dory, uh, glass who joined us from the agent side. She's um, she's joined the, the West side team as we call it, um, supporting Fremont and also, uh, David, uh, Lettingham, So she's, she's helping the West side offices. Um, although she's technically out of the Fremont office. Um, and then Zach Harrison up in Bellingham, who's just a firecracker, uh, also yes. from the agent side, um, yeah. just, we're just lucky. Yeah, I I, uh, I think everybody
1: has such a unique skill set, which is what real estate brings out in people. And I uh, I just could not be happier with the the team that we've been able to assemble and how we've meshed as a group. I mean, it just it goes to show like those that get along go along, right? Mm-hmm. They can go a long ways. Um, and I, I do believe um, there's not a day that goes by if one of us is down that the other doesn't pick up the slack and is happy to do it people don't get mad they don't feel one way or another it's just that's why we have a team and it's awesome
0: it, it's absolutely true and one I thing I love about our company is our commitment to keeping it as a team you know a lot of companies are run as franchises and so they're run very independently and this is something that we talk about when we bring new agents into the fold you know we talk about the differences between sort of the franchise model and you know there being one managing broker who's your one point of contact if you know on sunday night at 10 o'clock if you need help and sort of the compass model here which is you know we have this broker helpline that that round robins to the eight of us you know we have eight you know sales managers now um or you know that that you can reach out independently to any of us um and we're all here to support you um you the agent meaning um and, and we're all here to really make sure that yeah, if one of us is on vacation, you can actually go and and take a break and be gone and not worry about having to answer your phone or be that only person um for you know as the support person for the office, right? So I'm really passionate about that model. I you know, you and I have really, you know, worked on this since day one um and to see it kind of coming through uh into fruition now three years later and seeing how it's supported um and our teams have supported this model i'm really really proud of it um and to see our team members be able to take a break and not feel like they're the only person that can support you know a roster of 300 agents like for you like you have the Bravern, you have the biggest office you know um and the most uh you know productive office in the MLS like how do you go away on vacation well you go away because we have a support system set up like we do right well, for sure
1: I mean in a traditional office or brokerage you know it's one call does it all so an agent would have any issue and they would go right to the, the manager and that's the person who would be take the lead on whatever the problem was whether it's the printers broken it's jammed we're out of coffee you know there's a spill on aisle three whatever it was, or, you know, the house is burning down. I just got robbed, any of those things. And I think that there there is a better, maybe not a better way, but there's a different way to do things to, um, to kind of spread the wealth. And I think what we preach to our agents is how do you leverage yourself to grow your business? And we're doing the same, we're growing along with them. We're finding ways to leverage ourselves to grow are the opportunities and what we are able to get back to the agent. So I am really proud of what we've done. It's not easy because we always think we're the, you know, the, they want to talk to us. They have to talk to us. We're the only ones that can answer. But quite frankly, I think some of the answers they get from some of the other people is, is possibly a, a better answer at any given time. So um, I trust our team implicitly. I am so uh, excited that we can, we can trust each other and we have that opportunity. So um, with that being said, I think we need to, because our guest has been in the waiting room for four or five minutes here, cause we had hit a little bit of a snag here. Um, and so uh, I'm really excited today that we have Michael Urbino who is going to be joining us. Uh, I've known Michael since um, my first management job. He was He was one of my, I cut my teeth on him I'll say. He was a young gun back then, and this is in 2009 when I got into management with John L. Scott. I was with Windermere before, and so Michael and I were able to strike up a, um, a relationship and a real um, true friendship that I cherish uh, today, and, and, and I always have, actually, and so I'm excited um,
0: that he's here today. Awesome. Let's do it. Let's bring him on. Uh, I'm okay. excited to hear more about Michael and his business. Um, I don't have the relationship that you have with Michael, so uh I I love it and I know our listeners are excited to meet him as well. Okay, well
1: let's bring him. <laughs> Unless he ditched us because we made him wait so long. It's like make him a date, wait at the bar. Michael would never do that.
0: Well well, there he is uh, he's muted. Oh, there he unmuted oh, good.
2: You only have to worry about that if they're good looking. And I'm not that good looking to get picked up on Zoom.
0: <laughs> you'll, you'll
1: keep waiting. You'll have a I just drink and think, she'll just, show up.
2: I just swipe to the other corner and then I wait for somebody to come in the room. And who knows, maybe they'll be surprised.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Well, apologize to keep you waiting. We had okay. a little bit of a snag here. So really appreciate your uh, patience with us.
2: Okay. How are
1: you, you doing today?
2: And I didn't realize we were recording already. So hopefully you will uh, delete that in the outtakes.
1: No, we don't delete. This is unfiltered. We're Whoa. all in. We're all um, in.
2: This well, is- I think you're supposed to send a disclaimer around first, not to make a jokes. joke.
1: <laughs> we did. It's in the name, unfiltered.
2: Okay, deal. Um, no, I'm doing great. I'm great. Um, I love this time of year. I love spring markets. I love spring weather. So it makes me a happy guy. Yeah, it's
1: yeah. awesome. Well, we um, we are super excited to have you here. So today, I told, I just said right before you joined that you and I, Michael, um, had the opportunity to meet in two thousand and nine, uh, when my first management role. So I said I kind of cut my teeth on you. You were one of those young guns, and we were able to uh, we quickly formed a relationship um, and and a friendship that I just I still just cherish today. So um, for you to join us today is really exciting, and I, I want everybody to get to know you better. And I know Becca has a little bit of history with you. And over the last three years, almost two, two and a half years now, right Mm -hmm. as well. So I'll let I'll let her chime in too.
0: Well, welcome, Michael. Uh, I'm excited to have you here today. And and I was saying to Chris, you know, you and I don't really have the, the history that you and Chris have. But I would love for our listeners to just get to know you a little bit. Why don't you give us uh, some background. Tell us a little bit about yourself uh, and introduce yourself to our listeners today.
2: Well, thank you. I mean, first of all, it's an honor. And um, Chris, I, we know I adore you and feel the same way. Um, we kind of went through the trenches and the, the backside of, that, of the Great Recession. Those are things you don't forget. They shape who you are as a human. They shape your friendships. They shape how you spend money. Um, you know, here we are, what, 12 years later, and I'm still, you know, even people tease me, they're like, you got to get over that, Michael. And, um, Becca, it's fast friends since, uh, you know, since I've gotten to know you and then I still, you know, you're, you're still kind of, I think they call it the OG now, um, you know, the founding designated broker. So anyway, so I'm just glad to be here. You know, I guess, I don't know a little bit about me. I mean, it's, it's weird. I mean, you're being called a young gun. I mean, I feel like Chris, you were a young gun back then and I was just a baby. Um, but I was a baby who thought I knew everything. Um, and I often joke now today that, you know, if you had met me 10 years ago, um, I knew everything. I was certain of it. And here I am 20, you know, 20 years in the business this year, actually, um, I, I feel um, <clears throat> not less confident, but less certain. You know, I made a joke with a broker a couple weeks ago, and we were trying to figure out this, you know, FERC disclosure, and, you know, exactly how to do it, because they um didn't include it in the contract but then it came out a few days before closing that actually uh they were under FERPA status and we just worked through it together and she's like wow you were the easiest broker to work with ever and she was so gracious and grateful for it and I said no no no, that's just because I'm not I don't really hardline about anything anymore because I'm I'm learning something new every day whereas 10 years ago I would have said no this is how it is I read more than you I've read through all the policy manuals and I know everything and, and it's just not that way so it's a It's a humbling business where, you know, over time you actually, um, you know, have to keep relearning. So anyway, as I mentioned, I don't know, 20 years in the business, I represent um, the Builder Developer Services Group for Team Foster, which uh, if you are a local broker, I assume you know who they are and the kind of legendary status of Terry. She was one of my early mentors. Uh, Moya was uh, a dear fast friend immediately. I was actually in over my head on a luxury project. I read an article about them in Washington Realtor Magazine, um, and I said, can you help me on this? And I'll never forget, um, she, I, I said, you know, as soon as possible, expecting that, you know, she'd book me out a week, like, I don't know this kid, and why is, she, why is he calling me? And I think she said, yeah, I can meet with you tomorrow. And it was something like, you have two choices. It was like 7.15 a.m. or like 8.10 p.m. And I remember thinking, I was like, oh my gosh, and I don't know anybody who schedules on the fives and tens most people schedule on the half hour most people even just the hour so i remember thinking how cool that was and um you know i'm i'm a a veteran now but i mean i was still actually active active in the reserves when that happened and that's kind of it was even you know she'd have assistants call on her behalf and they'd say please hold for carrie and i just remember thinking it was the coolest thing ever because that's how generals call and the team is still and but don't get me wrong uh, Terry is one of the most approachable, uh, gracious, kind-hearted people I know in this business. And so, but that's just how the team operates. And I'm proud to kind of be an extension of that. As far as I know, I'm the only non-family team partner that Team Foster's ever had. And so, and uh, her daughter, Moya, is a dear to friend, and I bounce all ideas off her. And, um, you know, she was obviously one of the founding principals of Avenue. So she did something that I was always scared and never did was try to go out on her own and start a new brokerage. So between the two of them, in addition to all the great mentors and people I've learned from over 20 years, it's just, I couldn't be happier. And and this is, you know, every year keeps being the best year of my career. And I don't mean that financially, uh, that may or may not happen. That's not how I define the best year. I mean, the best year is I feel in a groove. I'm excited, I'm having fun. I wake up every day trying to do real estate. Sorry, I don't know. That's what if that's what you're looking for. We didn't script this, but no, so hopefully no. that just kind of gives you an idea of my current role.
0: That's great. Well, I'm gonna I'm gonna tack onto something that you mentioned because I think it's it's a good one, and we've talked a little bit about this. You and I, um, you, know, you mentioned Avenue, and and mm-hmm. Avenue was, um, you know where you you came from. And Avenue joined Compass at a certain mm-hmm. point. So let's talk a little bit about the transition from Avenue to joining Compass and how that transition has been for you and um your your uh, incarnation into Compass and how Compass has been for you as you've joined Compass and what Compass has done for you in your business.
2: Sure. Yeah, no, I mean it's a great question. And I mean I was reflecting on it for probably a couple of years, but I mean at this point, you know, we're We're fully integrated and so proud to to be. And I know like our friends at GBK are kind of still on that onboarding kind of um, consolidation in the company, but it's such a a great family. And I remember thinking, you know, when uh, essentially I came over, uh, they, the partners at Avenue asked me to come over to start builder developer services for the entire company. I think at that time, we were probably about 200 brokers. And so anything dealing with real estate, uh, new construction, residential new construction, excuse me, was coming I mean, nobody was required to, but they were welcome to come through my office, and that was a lot. Am I gonna lie? When you have 200 brokers who are eager, asking questions, and it's like, am I meeting with you? Am I helping with you? But it was always a, a spirit of cooper, you know, cooperation, trying to grow our company at that time. And then that, but I was having so much fun. But again, I'm a 60 to 70 hour a week guy. Um, that was pushing me up to 80. Uh, no joke, 80 to 90. Um, I was in the office late, sometimes till nine o'clock at night. And it was a lot of fun. I had never been mentally taxed that hard, which I loved. It was very stimulating. Um, and uh, and then I think probably seven months later, uh, Compass came and acquired the company. And you know, up until that point, I mean, Avenue was making waves, and Compass was making waves, and everybody else, with all respect to our 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 loved friends at uh, the partnering companies around town, I think everybody was just watching in shock and awe. So, we were the two biggest names in town, rocking waves and everybody wondering, and then to see them combine. And the thing at Compass at that time, because obviously it's doubled, maybe even tripled in broker count since then, I still knew 80% personally, not of their name, but I knew 80% of Compass were friends. So, it was just such a cool thing to blend those groups and styles. I mean, and again, obviously Compass was the bigger firm at the time, but And so it's an acquisition, but we really thought and treated it as a merger. But it was kind of like the, you know, your basketball person, the Lakers and the Celtics coming together. I mean, so it was like that, that was really cool. And there wasn't a question. And in hindsight, I mean, the Compass platform is just so big. And with the recent IPO, I mean, I can't imagine being on the sidelines watching. So obviously, I'm very proud to be a part of the Avenue story, even for a short amount of time. But that story then has... Folded into the compass story, which I'm extremely proud to be a part of as well.
0: Well, we're happy to have you. I mean, it, uh, yeah, it just it made a whole lot of sense. I think it was an obvious. <laughs> Uh, choice you know during that time, I think you know Chris and i were were both around. we remember uh, when all that went down, and it wasn't necessarily the easiest transition. I mean we all were in the middle of it at that time, and we laugh uh, with our other agents that were agents at that time who were non avenue agents. We laugh around um you know the memories that we made during that time because it was so you know clunky right Compass was not necessarily the the smoothest operating uh company at the time. But you know, fast forward three years into this, and we look look now at the at the product and the tools that we have today. And we just say, wow, you know, what we have today, what we're working with is is so great, is so amazing. And uh, we're just I'm thrilled obviously that you're here. Um, But tell us a little bit about your builder services business. And and you're an office guy, right? So I we're looking at you. For those of us who are listening on audio, you can't tell, but Michael is in his suit He's in his office uh, working and this is pretty typical for those of you who uh, might know Michael, but how has this been during COVID for you, Michael? Have you been in the office pretty much since uh, day one, since the, since we had the shutdown uh, news or have you worked from home at all or how has this impacted your business um, office-wise?
2: Yeah, I have. I don't, I don't wanna skip that last point though. And you mentioned the clunkiness of the merger and the transition. But i actually think that's a testament to your guys's leadership and i know both all so many of our leaders so well that i knew it was hard and clunky to use your words for you guys but at least for me i will just say i didn't feel that um so even to this day like one day i'll have to you know we'll have to have cocktails and all you guys can share all the dirty grimy secrets um, but even in my position i've felt proud that our leaders uh, on both sides coming together kind of said hey you know what we will handle this you guys just keep focused on selling homes and so that's what I felt through the the transition and and to this day I mean that's that's what I was focused on you know obviously after the first few days of shock and you know the emotions and people calling you and saying what happened and all that um, you know just kind of normal you know industry gossip which Again, and maybe that's part of my personality about within two weeks, I said, okay, well, let's get back to selling homes because we don't get paid to gossip, right? Right. At least I don't, never figured out a way to monetize it. Mm -hmm. So, but as far as, yeah, office culture, I mean, it's always how I've been. Um, You know, you can't can't see it in my background, but I can point to my house from here. So I can literally walk three blocks. The only reason why I don't walk and I drive is because obviously I need my car throughout the day. Um, but I tend to be in the office, you know, by eight, eight 30, 9 at the latest. Um, much of Team Foster is always, uh, you know, our our administrative staff, or even Terry uh, pre-COVID, or me is typically the first in the building, usually before the managers and the front desk people are there. Um, and then I usually, you know, this is always my home base. I feel like I need to touch it every day. So of course, there was a time where the office was completely shut down. I did pull my computers home. Um, I have double screens at home too, but these ones are faster and better. Um, And I remember it was sad, but I think within maybe five weeks, they said, okay, um, you know, we can have a limited capacity and I'm thankful I have a a pretty large space. So by definition, I'm never above 25% capacity because I have more than a four person office. So, and I've been back every day since and oftentimes on Saturday and Sunday. Uh, It's just what I need to do. I don't like distractions at home um, you know, and since then, you know, uh, well, my, my daughter's under two, so she's lived 60% of her life under this kind of quarantine thing, and, um, you know, and with us, and we have full-time help, uh, for her, you know, it was a pretty tight, and I live kind of minimalist, high-rise standard, so it was pretty tight. Well, I like the office, and even if I, I don't know, if I lived in a 6,000-square-foot house in Sammamish, maybe I wouldn't want to drive 40 minutes, so it's not a judgment on people who have great work-from-home spaces, but for me, this is my home Monday through Friday, or at least Monday through Thursday. If I'm going to take a day off, it's usually Friday, because I don't take Saturdays and Sundays off.
1: Awesome. So, um, you, okay, so you've been in 20 years, and I know I have the privilege of knowing a little bit about your history and you got in and you were pretty successful off the bat. Um, you know, you, I think you rose pretty, pretty fast and we're living a, uh, a quite a high life, um, for a young man in this business, which so many people were, we rode the first wave. And in my case, it was the third wave. When I, you hit your first, I was hitting my third and then we rode the wave down and that was super super difficult times right so the rise Mm -hmm. and fall of this business and with that not only is there um you know personal losses or professional losses a lot of things along the way and some people could say we are in a rise right so what if you had advice to give somebody that has not gone through this uh riding this wave yet what kind of advice would you give to somebody to provide security or stability or um, just a personal um, st- stamina to get through something that you like that.
2: Yeah, I think it's tough, and um, because I think it again, it's one of those things that if, even if you would ask me a few years ago, I might have had a perfect answer, at least what I thought was perfect in my mind. But now I realize how individual um, individual life is for everybody and their own personality and what allows them to sleep up at night or be stressed. And if they like stress or they don't like stress, so I don't think there's a simple answer. But what I've learned, you know, is is have the plan. Um, I'm not a fan of annual business planning. I actually plan five to 10 years, and then I re-up once a year. And actually, I probably re-up more like twice a year. So, but to just do once a year, I think isn't enough. I think you should have a one, five, and 10-year plan at all times, and it's a rolling cycle. And that helps you keep um, stabilized and keeps uh, a broader uh, cycle, um, you know, and, and, um, you know, and then, but then you got to live in day by day and enjoy it. You know, I'm not, I'm not a fan of fake it till you make it and just, you know, ball out and get the most expensive car you have and be buried in debt. But I'm also not a fan of miser tight pockets, not enjoying yourself because if you don't enjoy yourself on the uptrend, it, it actually becomes hard to enjoy yourself on the downtrend. So if you think you can like save, save, save on the uptrend and then just go spoil yourself on the downtrend, the problem is there's a lot of social pressure that happens. You know, when your colleagues are starting to suffer and your clients are suffering and you roll up and you have, you know, the the one-year-old Ferrari because you were smarter than everybody and bought it, you know, on the back cycle, it's not that simple. And I remember in 2009, 2010, even those that were doing well had to almost kind of hide it. And so, because otherwise it was just kind of in your face. And I'm not saying you can't do that. It's a free country. Do whatever you want. But you'll be surprised how sensitive you have to be. And to this day, I don't show up in a new vehicle. I always overlap at least six months because I don't want even my clients to see that I purchased a new vehicle uh, while I'm in a transaction with them. Because I may have been planning that for a year, but they will immediately associate with, wow, you just closed my house and you bought yourself a new car. And so the image matters. Um, Now, uh, you know, we have friends in our business that are big on social media. I think it's great. I love it. So balance everything I'm saying with that need to kind of do promotion. Um, So, yeah, I don't think it's an easy answer, but I think, you know, don't go. I'm not a fan of going too far one way or the other. I certainly treat myself. If I have big commissions, treating for me is like making sure I don't have any debt. And then if I don't, then I might buy myself a new jacket, you know, you know, or a treat. Now I have a daughter to treat. Um, you know, I might even stick it away in her 529, which is sad. She's two, and she has to have a college savings account. I still don't know if I'll be able to keep up. Um, so my, the way I treat myself today is obviously different than 28. It might've been a trip to Vegas and just wild (laughs) out and, you know, get a VIP table or something and spend thousands of dollars on something. You have nothing to show for, but memories. Time and space appropriate, because I don't really have much interest in doing that. I won't say no interest in doing that today, but not like I did back then. So I don't know. I'm I'm one of those that just don't go too far the other way. Live your own life, because this is a hard business. And if you don't treat yourself, you will burn out. You will burn out. And if you spoil yourself all the time and don't pack any for savings, you will not be able to sustain the downturn.
1: You Plus know? you have nothing to look forward to, right? I think what exactly. I think that what COVID did in, in a lot of people's lives, and I could probably put myself in that category, is it slowed the train down slightly. Um, you know, you started living this pretty fast life, and we live in downtown Bellevue as well, and we're out and doing because it's just easy and it's fun because you see your friends and it's a two-minute walk and you can go to these places. And and so it's Monday night becomes a Tuesday, becomes a Wednesday, and it's not like you're out till 3 in the morning, but you are out. And that is a lavish lifestyle. If you go out four nights a week, a lot of people, most people would say that's quite lavish Um, Mm -hmm. because it's not $20. You're not going to jack in the box, right? Mm -hmm. And so COVID put a hard stop immediately. Nobody was going out. We couldn't for a while. And I remember at the beginning, Becca kept saying, you're really, you're like, you're thriving, right? Because I'm cooking these. I love to cook Mm -hmm. and doing all these really things that I love to do. It brought that back to me and and reminded me of, I love staying home, I love entertaining, I love cooking and stuff. So I do think that is one great lesson that we can probably take away. And it'll be interesting, everybody says once COVID, if COVID gets all the way behind us, it'll be like the roaring 20s -hmm. because people are just gonna be busting to get out. So it's going to be interesting to see what that looks like moving forward.
2: Yeah, and again, and everybody comes from a different context, but I'll tell you, in my 20 years, COVID is probably number four of the most influential things that's happened in my career, literally number four. Um, The first being, you know, when I first, you mentioned that, you know, that that was actually my first fall. No, it was absolutely not. Unfortunately, it was my third um, three falls in nine years, so it never felt like I had more than a couple of years to enjoy, and it still manifests itself after I Doing really well for two years, I start to get anxiety. So I've had anxiety for the last five years. And if, you, if people know me, I've been conservative, almost bearish because, and I have to unpack that psyche because when I first started, it was right after 9 11 and we were coming out of the funk and I was selling new construction and renting. And back then, we were not an Amazon town, we were a Boeing town. So how 9 11 affected Boeing and my own personal psyche being in the reserves really changed. And then A year and a half in, you know, I'm really starting to get my wings and taking off, which a lot of people didn't think I could do it. I understand I was only 21, almost 22, and I was starting to take off, and all of a sudden, you know, and we had some great, um, you know, I had a great set of people that I'm still friends today that came in around the same time as me, and they were passing me, and I was getting excited about that. And then, you know, I get a call, and they said, Private Orbino, you've been ordered to active duty. And I said, no, 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 this was 2000, January 2003. And I said, no, 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 I can't. I, I, got a, I got a house, I got a mortgage, I got cars, I got life, I can't go in. And, and, uh, and I remember, it's so embarrassing to admit now, um, but, you know, I didn't show up on Monday. And I remember it was MLK Day. Um, and they called me the next morning and said, Private Urbino, you, know, you understand, if you don't show up within three hours, we are sending the military police to arrest you and um you know i'm always ashamed that my first instinct was to be a punk and not show up immediately but then i showed up and my whole life changed and so i said i still had a real estate license but i was active duty in fort lewis it was before the iraq invasion this feels like a lifetime ago and then had to come home now understand from what i was doing and the lifestyle i had created myself compared to be, um, being full-time private first class with no family benefits I took an 80% pay cut. So what ended up happening, there's laws around the military and active duty service that you don't get to. It's very similar to the mortgage forbearance program. Basically, all my bills were de- delayed for and deferred for a year, but they didn't go away. you know. And, so, and I had to come home and dig myself out of that hole. I didn't probably get out of that hole from military service until 06. So then 06 hits, I started doing well, and then boom, 08 drops below me. And then, you know, and those were very tough times. And that's Chris and our friendship was born out of that. And that hole was even deeper. It was actually not as deep for me financially. I don't think it's extreme, but my clients were deeper. And so, and I wasn't diversified enough. I wasn't doing short sales and my heart wasn't in foreclosure work. Um, I really wanted, I always wanted to do new construction. So that took years to, we didn't really dig out until maybe 2012. So anyway, and so COVID honestly is probably the fourth and again and I'm very blessed I want to be sensitive if anybody's lost a loved one because of COVID or they've gotten very sick or they're having long hauler effects that's a big deal but thankfully I'm blessed and nobody in my immediate family or even extended family has had a serious sickness or or have forbid, died from it so for me personally COVID is probably the fourth down the list of most traumatic events that rocked my real estate career yeah. So by the time COVID came around, I mean, I don't want to say that I was indifferent. Of course, this is a horrible thing, and it's a horrible thing for our country, and we're going to have to unwind some of the financial things we're doing for years. Um, I don't think this is over. Once the, the pandemic is solved, we've got other problems to deal with, but, for what I, but I'm kind of emotionally and intellectually steeled for it. Um, it doesn't mean I don't take it seriously, but I don't live in fear and anxiety like I did 15 years ago.
0: It's really interesting to hear you speak on this, Michael, because I identify so much with a lot of the words that you're saying. Uh, it's wild. Uh, a lot of the things that you said around uh, your FERPTA conversation, like how you're a little more cautious around your real estate dealings today than you were 10 years ago. Like 10 years ago, you could do anything. You would say anything. I mean, that is so like me. Um and how you're almost more bearish today, um, and have anxiety (laughs) around like (laughs) financials and things like that. Like that is, I I totally identify with that. And it's so funny because my financial perspective and state is so much better than it was 10 years ago, but I would say I'm much more cautious and because of the things that I've gone through, right. I went through the whole downturn and great recession, making my business, uh, during that time. And you and I have, shared stories and talked about this a lot, but um, I, I so identify with that. It's really interesting to hear you speak, but um, I guess I would say for, cause we have newer agents who are listening um, to our podcast and you're a seasoned agent. You've been through a lot of challenges and, and seasons in, in your business. If, if a newer agent getting into the business, if you were to sort of rewind the clock or you were to look back at your business and give yourself your younger self-advice. Um, what would you say to the younger Michael today if you were looking back?
2: Yeah, no, I appreciate that. It's a, it's a, it's a, I'm, a, I'm a reflective person. It's what I do when I'm alone um, or clearing headspace. So these are things I think back at all the time. Um, I'm not one of those people that says, oh, get rid of your regrets and your grudges and your joys. You know, they're, they're what make you, you know, you just try to unpack and understand how they affect you today. So certainly, um, you know, I think, you know, it's hard, you know, I think, you know, it's funny, I was talking to Stephen McDonald, who we all know and love about this and kind of what I would call age appropriate advice and career appropriate advice. Early on, when I was kind of supposed to be this big dog at Avenue, you know, he asked me to meet with a couple of young guys that were really taking off. And he basically wanted me to kind of almost slow him down or kind of warn him about the birds and the bees and all that stuff. I said, Stephen, you're asking me to basically give marital advice to a 14-year-old on his first date. It's not appropriate. Like, You you want that young, uh, uh, and and again, it's not a negative word the way I'm trying to use it, but that cockiness, that, that, that cocksure attitude of like, I can do anything, because that's what gets you into positions to learn. You know, I was taking on $50 million accounts at 27 that today would make me think twice. And so I think what I would say to those people is don't be any less ambitious. Don't let the so-called seasoned agents, and you're, you're kind to call me that, I would call myself more of a salty agent, because <laughs> uh, that's the only seasoning I've ever gotten, um, is salt. But anyway, so I would say, you know, be, be enthusiastic and chase the big deals and don't let anybody tell you that you can't try to take down a $5 million waterfront, even though your, your, your top sale is $500,000. That said, what I, what I quickly learned, and I'm thankful for it, and actually I've always been this way, so I didn't need to learn it. Um, it's part of the military experience in me, chain of command. You learn from those people that are just one or two steps in front of you. So maybe you don't always go to the, you know, a private can't go to a general for advice, but a, but a private might be able to go to a corporal. You know a sergeant if you don't know ranks those are just kind of one or two above you so i think you learn and you and you use those people to be pace setters chris nelson is one of those people to me you know i think she's probably light years ahead of me but you know in my mind it's just in more of an age thing she's just got a few years on me we can still relate to each other and we can still tell stories um, now that doesn't mean i didn't have and i still don't have a lot of mentors in their 70s and 80s but you got to mix in that that basket So, and I think in the, and the biggest thing on that is it's, it's okay to fail as long as you don't fail your clients. If that makes sense, the distinction, meaning don't be sloppy. uh, Don't get in over your head at your client's expense, but be honest with your clients because you'd be surprised, uh, especially if you're younger, I hate to say it, um, in age and experience too, but I mean, people want to help you. You know, I lost a deal last year. I've I've worked with these people for 15 years and they called me and they said, Michael, we just want to let you know we're listing with somebody else. And I said, and I didn't even know they were thinking about selling. So it's not like I did a CMA or anything like that. And they said, but we just want you to know how much we love you. We're so proud of you and how far you've come. But we had somebody that we felt really like needed the help. So I mean, it was almost it was a charity listing. And I remember thinking I kind of rocked and I was like, but I need help. I have expenses. My gas is really expensive, you know, and I remember thinking, and I I don't begrudge them for it, but this is a funny, funny business, like, right, where are all the, and it was, and they're the sweetest, kindest people, I was at their wedding, you know, and I don't take offense, I still adore them, you know, but they literally called and apologized because they wanted to help somebody else, and so just keep that in mind when you're a newer broker, you can compete with anybody, just be smart, be respectful, be ethical you know, and again, don't be cocky, like an arrogant way, but be cocky in a kind of internal way. Like I can do this. Mm-hmm. Confident is the better word. I know people don't like the word cocky. Um, so confident, that inner confidence, that peace. Yeah. I don't know. Hopefully that that helps and makes sense.
0: That's great. Thank cool.
1: you. Okay. So um, one last thing. So you said something that was really interesting. We have a fun little speed round we're going to go through at the end, kind of a lightning round, just a quick little get to know you. But you had said something to me the other day that I thought was really interesting. We were at an event and um, we were talking and I made some joke about our, you know, my age, your age type of thing or getting older and, you know, I'm over 50, whatever. I don't remember exactly what my comment was, but your comment back was so interesting to me because you said, I know people from the, in the way that I met them, the time that I met them. So I remember you. At the day i met you and that is the same person i associate myself with today because we're rising together like age we're growing together and so the relationship it doesn't change the dynamic does not change because i'm 50 you're also 12 years older and you said like you knew you met blake my son when he was in his teens and you were mm-hmm. like and uh, that's that is what i have that's my baseline of when i met blake and you mentioned terry and I thought that was such an interesting thing. I've thought a lot about that since you said that, actually, because you're right. Like, we haven't changed. You know, yes, our age has changed, but we have not changed as people.
2: Yeah, I think, and, and if we have, we've changed, and, and oftentimes we've grown together, because obviously, if we're still in each other's lives, we've grown kind of in tandem. You know, it's kind of like when you're doing a, you know, uh, you know something on um you know a microsoft office and you can move the parts individually or you can group them and then move them all together and oftentimes we are grouped together and move forward together and that's what gets exciting um you know so I, what i was saying in regards to age is i have a theory that you're pretty much locked into when you met somebody so yes i remember praying for your son in uh hopefully i'm not oversharing but he had a really bad accident i remember pay, praying for him as i was like teenager so he will always be no matter how successful he gets a young man to me like a teenager in my mind not not to put him down that's just our relationship same thing I remember um you know I'm dear friends with Anna Pearson and I remember her sons and I remember talking to them about the military you know when they were teenagers and so you know that's something you don't forget Moya I, rem- I first met Moya when her oldest was in utero in the womb so they're teen- teenagers now but I still think of them as babies. And then, of course, on the other side, people like Terry and, you know, I'm trying to think of others, Sally Greg, in our company who are more senior in age, and I don't, I don't want to embarrass them. I don't even know how old they are because they'll always be kind of around 50 to me. They will permanently be 50 no matter what their birthday is. So, and I always respect them as kind of my elders, but also my friends. And this is a funny business where your friendships can, can especially because I had children late, you know, and I had a couple extra bucks that I could go socialize and do cocktail hour with older friends. So my age friendships, you know, span the whole gamut. So anyway, so I think that's that's what makes this industry very special, because we compete with each other, we're colleagues, we're friends, we move around brokerages, you know, we change our specialties, we work in different areas. But you know, you kind of like I said, you're kind of that's the analogy that I think of is kind of your group together, and you just kind of hopefully move forward, you hold on to them. And back to the I don't like to say I'm not qualified to give advice, but my perspective is that is a very healthy thing. And if you don't feel yourself moving with a peer group like that, then I would, I, would, I would say it's going to be kind of lonely. So hopefully you hold on to those. And that's why we try to keep our nose clean. You know, I'm not saying I'm a people pleaser every day. I have to have tough conversations and there's conflict in our business, but I try my best to play it straight, um, you know, not cut anybody off in the knees, but still compete. And, you know, and luckily I think I'm done okay with it.
0: Uh, just so we're clear, Michael, at what age do you think you met me? So.
1: <laughs> 29.
2: Yeah, I'd say with we that, I'm gonna we say 30. Sure we're, we're... <laughs> well, I go, yeah, you low 30s. Great. Why not? Yeah, that's good Perfect. enough
0: for me.
1: Yes. Amazing. Good. Well, he, he well, met cert- me at Circumstances 40, so. matter. I'm forever yes. going to be 40 to Michael, so okay. I love it. Yes. That, that was my favorite year, so I think that's good.
2: Well, and if we're having cocktails at Daniel's and I'm getting what, and I'm, and I'm seeing the lounge singer in you, then the context of meeting somebody matters too. <laughs> this is
1: true. This is
2: true. I All still right, we're going to
1: do one last little uh, speed round just to, to wrap it up before we say our goodbyes, Michael. So um, it's just four quick questions wine or liquor liquor sweet or savory savory favorite time of year fall favorite indulgence
2: see question one got it (laughs)
1: look how smart i am um and then if money was no object what would you do
2: oh I got three things. One of three, I'd be a middle school math teacher, donate my salary, um, maybe put in the college funds for the kids I taught, I'm, or I'd be an FBI agent, gun and a badge. I'd be incorruptible because I didn't win, I couldn't be bribed, or I'd run a, a local bartender. You know, I'd be a, like a bartender owner, like a dive bar, not like a fancy bar, and maybe not a dive bar, but like a small little lounge. You know, a place that the three of us would get together and hang out, and that would be very fun. And I don't feel like it's too late, at least for two of those three. I doubt I'll, the FBI wouldn't have me. Um, I don't think I could pass a background check knowing that the two of you. Um, but hopefully one day I'll still teach math and I will uh, have a bar one of these days. You guys can come and
1: hang out at. I love it. Well, save me a stool. I'll be there. Um, <laughs> as always, Michael, uh, you you are one of the most humble people. And I know you said you thought you knew it all back then, but I would say that I don't think anybody thought you thought you knew it all, so you have a, an amazing ability to make people feel important, smart, and special, and you elevate people um, in such a respectful way. It's incredible to watch. It's just been amazing to just see how you've treated people throughout your life without fail, no matter who they are. And. And for me, I appreciate that greatly about you. I love you to death. You know that. And for you to take your time and be here with us today was really special. So I thank you for that.
0: Thank you so much, Michael. Uh, yeah. It's just been such a pleasure getting to know you these last couple of years. I look forward to many more.
2: Okay. Well, thank you, guys. That's very sweet. And uh, the feeling is mutual. And I know how hard you guys work making this company grow and be special and I'm just thankful to be a part of it and thankful you guys are leading the way. So yeah.
1: All right. Thank you. Hey.
2: Have a great day. Thanks for being here. Right. See please. you guys. Thanks for
1: having me. I know. All right. So lots of layers there, huh?
0: Yeah. He's uh he's a special guy. Um really Put together, obviously, very intelligent human being, and he's he's got a lot to offer. I, I hope that um, if you were impacted by Michael, I think he's he's very willing to share, and I think he's very humble. He's got a lot more to share than he's uh, than he he puts out, right? Um, but I think he's also very willing yeah. to um, to sit down and talk with anybody who um, is willing to reach out to him. So uh, it's your loss if you don't get to know him,
1: right? Yeah, for sure. Go say hi to him next time we're in a room together. Um, you won't be disappointed. He, he, um, he does, he loves people and he treats everybody very fairly and respectfully. And, um, he's a good, good person and huge contributor to us and, and what we do here at Compass.
0: Yep, for sure. Well, uh, what, yeah, great, great interview. Uh, loved it. Well, Miss Chris, thank you. As always, it's always a pleasure uh, chit-chatting with you. Thank you so much for your time today. You too, Becca. We will see you later. Thanks for listening, everybody. Thank you. Take
1: care.